Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. And give him the fruit of your lips, believing that God has never left you behind. If God has never left you behind, you ought to bless his name. You ought to open up your mouth and give him the fruit of your lips. He's never left you behind. He could have left you behind. If God would have left you where you were, in what you were in, where would you be today? You don't even know where you'd be today. But God being rich in mercy and in grace, never, ever left you behind. Amen. 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 Well, welcome to Easter Sunday. He is risen. And you should say he is risen indeed. Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's Online Resurrection Sunday. Um, I am honored and excited and blessed to be able to be here with you today. I know that these circumstances um, doesn't uh, reflect how we would have wanted to gather. You know, uh, Resurrection Sundays are usually lit in the relation to the amount of people that come to him and that type of thing. And we were expecting all of our gatherings, you know, they, they, they have a good amount of people anyway, but, you know, even more people and overflow and children and dresses and shoes and gospel. And um, we don't, you, you, some of y'all may got y'all stuff online and you, you, you just put on your gear anyway just to kind of gear up. But um, I, I am uh, glad and honored to be with you in your living room and Epiphany Fellowship being the stream that you chose on Resurrection Sunday to tune into. And um, I just thank you for that. And don't forget those who are our members and those who are attenders and people who invest in this ministry. We want to thank you for your continued investment, Epiphany Fellowship. I want to give you a special thank you because our building fund is up to a quarter of a million dollars. I just found out yesterday, y'all have gone out of control giving. I just want to thank y'all who have gone above and beyond what we asked. We asked for 200000 and y'all were crazy enough to give 50 more thousand. And so we're just excited that we have that full down payment. We'll be giving you more details on that. In the midst of everything, uh, in relation to the facility uh, that we're trying to purchase um, and, and what's going on right now, we um, are still working on that even in the midst of what is going on. For us, when all of this has broken, we want to see God raise up some things in our community. We want to see him raise awareness of the gospel, and we want to use mechanisms that give us common ground with lost people so that we can raise the gospel awareness and gospel IQ in our community so that people can see that Jesus isn't just a person that would meet them in a room on a Sunday morning, but can also meet them in their community, meet them in their education, meet them in the way they eat, meet them in their technological development, meet them in their entrepreneurial zeal, meet them in their economics, meet them in their house meet them. What is our motto? Showing off the glory of Christ where? In every area of life. That's how we like to roll. We believe that Jesus wants everything. Colossians 1.16 says, all things were made for him. And because all things are made for him, everything was made by him with a purpose. Even if it was a mechanism of man to make something, Christ wants to be shined through everything that is redeemable for his honor and 
glory and praise. If you are a visitor to Epiphany Fellowship today, we want to welcome you too. Um, thank you for being with us. I want to shout some people out. I don't think we've ever shouted out. People that have just been podcasting for years, you say, Pastor E, you've been my podcast pastor. You've been my pastor for years, and I've been following Epiphany Fellowship. Man, welcome on here. I don't know if we've ever welcomed y'all, but now that we get a chance to really feel the distance of everyone, we feel your presence uh, with the ones who now join you in the online experience of Epiphany Fellowship. Hi, Epiphany family. How y'all doing? How the babies doing? How y'all doing? I just want to say hi to everybody. How all, how all my Epiphany kids? How all my uh, uh, plug youth? How y'all doing? How salt ladies? How humanity men? How everybody? Um, want to take this time also with my preliminaries to thank our media team, our worship team, our, uh, our presentation team, our sound team, everyone that has played a role in making this live experience a blessing. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, now that those basic preliminaries are over, let's get into the scriptures. I have one verse for you today to celebrate Jesus's resurrection. One verse today, it is Revelation chapter 20, the sixth verse. Revelation chapter 20, the sixth verse. Are you ready for this? Just one verse today. We're going to do one verse today. I may even do my old black church cadence for Vernon, who's sitting over there. I may just do my cadence. Maybe he'll say amen this time. But um, um, <laughs> but, 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 but yes, uh, 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 Revelation 20, verse 6. It reads, like the old church say, it reads thusly. It says... This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Wow, what a resurrection verse. Our message for today, anytime that we're together, I'm calling it the resurrection and the crisis. The resurrection and the crisis. Let's, let's dive in. Father, we are yours. We are in your debt, yet you hold us debt-free because you gave us the gift of salvation free. Lord God, talk to the person that doesn't know you that stumbled upon this broadcast, God. We are trusting and believing that you are going to save them. Lord God, this message is just for them. Although we preach the gospel to the believer and the unbeliever, for the believer for sanctification, we want to see the, the, the one that isn't yet a Christian who is in a relationship with you through Jesus Christ to go from spiritual death the spiritual life, Lord God. Save from the utmost to the utmost. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? A to the men. Well, um, the resurrection and the crisis. The resurrection and the crisis. It's interesting that we are in this current quarantine um, because we don't realize that there is already a, been a quarantine in our quote-unquote normal life. And guess what that quarantine is? That quarantine, what, I looked up what a quarantine is. Now, what's interesting is a quarantine, the word quarantine is both a noun and a verb. It's, I was like, I was like, man, I never even looked up the word. Uh, most of the word has to do with ships being quarantined 
for 40 days once they come in the dock because if they are suspected of having something on that particular ship that could be hazardous to its new environment, they hold it for 40 days, which is a period of quarantine that would help dissipate that uh, item from being destructive on new shores. But in general, quarantine means, as a noun, a strict isolation imposed to prevent the spread of disease. Uh, uh, That's the noun form. A verb form, let's look at the verb form. To isolate from normal relations and communication. Wow. So so to isolate from normal relations and communication. Well, I, I don't know if you know it or not, but if you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, you are under quarantine. Because you were created by Jesus Christ. That was good. I felt the Holy Ghost right there. That, that, was, that was good. Uh-uh, you were called, you, 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 were supposed, you were supposed, all humans were called to be born to not be quarantined from relationship and communications with God. Um, but we were, we, were, we, were, we were born, we were supposed to be a born originally for that reality. But because of Adam's sin, there's a quarantine that happened. Matter of fact, God quarantined himself from earth. In, in a way where his dwelling presence wouldn't strive with men anymore. Because in Genesis chapter 6, it says, my spirit will not always strive with men. It's not talking about God's omnipresence because God is everywhere, but there's his dwelling presence that he shows up in a relational and communal way with human beings. And he says, I won't always commune with men the same way because they think about evil all the time. And, and so God quarantined himself from us, therefore, us being quarantined from him. But in Christ Jesus, God has made a mechanism, a way for the quarantine to cease. And I know some of y'all right now, y'all ready for this quarantine to be over. Can you imagine what the quarantine is going to be like? When, we, when we're over, everybody's going to be in restaurants everywhere. Y'all, y'all going to be in restaurants, y'all going to be on the beach even if it's the wintertime, y'all going to the shore and people are going to be everywhere. Why? Because we've been so quarantined away from that present, the presence of the things that are normal to us that we're going to try to binge out on everything that we've been missing out on. Where if you don't, but, 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 but you don't recognize that us for, as believers, we are one day going to be unquarantined from our God's presence with a new body and every single thing because even believers are in a sense quarantined from God. We get his presence in a sense, but we see into a glass dimly and we are decaying day by day. And so this outer shell that we live in is sort of a quarantine from us fully experiencing God. And so both the believer and the non-believer have a level of quarantine. But, you, uh, there's, when, but when you trust Jesus, there's a level of the quarantine that comes down. What does that have to do with this passage? Everything. Because the people of God in this passage were in a crisis. It's called the tribulation. This is the end of that time period. And at the end of this time period, something's going to happen. At the end of that time period, there's going to be a supper in heaven. Jesus Christ is going to pick up a glass of wine for the first time since his Passover meal. He's going to break his fast, and Jesus Christ is going to marry the church. 
The church is going to be brought of all times. The people of God are going to be brought up into his presence and he is going to marry his bride, the church. And we are going to celebrate, but that will just be the beginning of the celebration because then he is going to descend on a cloud as the scriptures talk about. And when he descends on a cloud, those who are on earth will be brought up. And guess what? We will get, be changed in the twinkling of an eye into a brand spanking new body. We'll meet him in the air and then he'll descend, drop his feet on the top of the Mount of Olives based on Joel chapter uh, two, I believe it is. And, 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 and the Mount of Olives will split from east to west. The books of life will be open and judgment will happen. But look at the beauty of what this verse is talking about, the resurrection and the crisis. Um, the first verse, uh, the first point I want to give you is Christ will return and end all crisis. <laughs> you should have shouted right there. That was your shouting moment that Jesus Christ, he's going to return and end all crisis. It says, blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. This is amazing to me because now we see that, that there is going to be multiple resurrections. If there's a first resurrection, that means there are going to be several of them. I'm going to explain those in a second to kind of give you a glorious reality and a horrific reality. For, for some of us, this will be a shouting reality, and for others, it will be a shuddering reality. For some of us, this will be a happy reality, and others of us, it will be a hellish reality. For some of us, this will be a blessed reality, but others, it would be a broken reality. When we look at um, Jesus Christ and we look at what's happening in this text, Jesus Christ is returning to earth and he's in the clouds because in Acts chapter 1, the angels said to the apostles and the other uh, uh, hundred so odd people that the Jesus that went up on the cloud is going to return in the same way. The Bible says he's going to descend on the cloud. He's going to be riding a white horse there. He's going to be in a white linen outfit with a golden bulletproof vest. Uh, his sandals on, a tattoo on his thigh that only him and his pops knows that, that means blessed and true. And he's going to have a crown uh, tipped to the side like he got on a fitted. And he's going to be coming back to wreck shop. Eyes blazing red, wool dreadlock hair, a white, white dreadlock hair, and, 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 and emanating light coming from under there because he will shine bright as the sun. And, and, and as he returns, it says, those who are with him, listen, it says, the first, this is the first resurrection. The first resurrection is when we as believers will be brought out of the grave and those who are in heaven will meet there. Boom. But it calls us blessed and holy. This idea of blessed is, is just really a simple idea here, meaning a condition or state of being in God's favor. God's favor. Listen, people say, I, I, it is true when you say, I, I'm blessed and highly favored, but it's only true when you know Jesus Christ as Savior. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, you're not blessed and highly favored. But he says, blessed and holy. Blessed also has the idea of being, uh, 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 being is the equivalent of having God's kingdom in one's heart, one writer says. But when he talks about being blessed, he also, it also says, blessed and holy are those who partake in the first resurrection. Listen to what it, listen to what, holy means to be dedicated. The, the word in the Hebrew means to cut. That's dope right there. It means, it's the idea of holy means to be cut away from what you were connected to and put aside for a specific purpose. 
Uh, a few years ago was Epiphany's uh, 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 10th anniversary. And some of the members got together. They said, we want you to wear a suit, you know, every now and then. So they gave me this gift card for Suit House, Suit Warehouse downtown, whatever you call it, the place you get suits made, you know. And so um, I went down there and I, I didn't know what to do because I'd never gotten, you know, I'm a rack dude. You know, I go get a little suit off the rack and I may take it into the, to the, to, to, the, uh, uh, the, to the tailor, get them to work it out on me to make it fit. But this one didn't have to be adjusted to me. Uh, in, other, in, in other words, it was being made for me. Help me today. And what happened is, is they said, go in and pick your fabric. I picked my fabric, Josh. And, and when I picked my fabric, I was looking, I said, yeah, I want this joint right here. It was a herringbone tweed, hallelujah, to the name of Jesus Christ. And guess what? I got to pick the lining that was going on in the inside. You know, I got to pick whether it had two pockets here, one flap here, all, all this, the collar, what color, pop right here, the type of, everything I got to pick. French cuffs or regular cuffs, tapered, non-tapered. I, it was dope. And what he did was he took my measurements. And as he took my measurements, then they would, then when they make the suit, they'll go to this big roll of that little fabric and they would pull that piece, that big fabric out and cut away that which is going to be enough to make what I have specifically assigned for me and my body. Help me today, God. And they fit it together based on my specifications. In other words, the piece of fabric, when it was cut away, was no longer connected to the fabric. It wasn't just a piece of fabric. It turned from a piece of fabric into a suit. In other words, when it was cut away, it was no longer a part of the normal reel of the rest of everything else. It was now set aside for a specific anointed purpose to be tailored to the designer's desire. That is what a believer is when we call holy. We're, we're, we're tailored. We're tailored. We're, we're, we're tailor-made for God's kingdom. <laughs> That's beautiful. You, when you trust Jesus Christ, you are pulled away from the world. You're cut away from the world, and you're called holy. That means even though you may have some fabric that looks like the world, your shape is different now. Your mind is different now. Your walk is different now. Your talk is different now. All because you placed your confidence in Jesus Christ. Now it says to them, he talks about here, blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Now you have to understand, there, in the Bible, there are a lot of different types of resurrections. There are temporal resurrections, there are unredeemed resurrections, uh, and there are long-term resurrections, but then there's the ultimate resurrection. Oh, my goodness. I, I wish I had time to go through all of the different types of resurrections. But in the Old Testament, they had redeemed resurrections, like the temporal resurrection that Elijah helped happen in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse uh, 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 21, where the person was resurrected through his work of uh, uh, helping that person be raised from the dead, right? That, that, those, are, those, are, those are redeemed resurrections. The same kind of resurrection or temporal resurrection is the same kind of resurrection that Lazarus experienced in John 11. In other, in other words, he got raised from the grave. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. We're glad he didn't say come forth because everybody would have got up out of the grave. Everybody would have just got up. But he, but, but, but he said he had to specify because he had too much power to just be yelling out, come forth. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. But guess what? The person that Elijah raised from the dead and the person that Lazarus raised from the dead both died again. So those are what I call temporal resurrections. 
In the Old Testament, there's another type of resurrection. There's a demonic or unredeemed resurrection. In 1 Samuel 28, Samuel is brought up from the, uh, by, 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 by somebody from the witch of Endor, but it really wasn't a full resurrection. It was a resurrection of his spirit, not body and spirit resurrection. So it was an unredeemed, unauthorized resurrection. But then in the New Testament, of course, we have those resurrections that is are, are those uh, what, what I would call a, a, a spirit, a spiritual resurrections. Those spiritual resurrections is, is, is the unifying and sanctifying resurrection where like in Romans 6, 1 through 14 and Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 and Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 through 11, that, that, that resurrection is a different kind of resurrection. That's the resurrection based on trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And now you're raised to death to new life. And when you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you go from spiritual death to spiritual life, and now you're raised to brand spanking new life to the glory of God through Jesus Christ. But not only that, in order for those resurrections to count, (laughs) there's one resurrection that has to be the most meaningful resurrection, and that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. When Jesus Christ got up from the grave, a cosmic shift happened. Let me explain to you. When Adam died, all creation died. All of it died. All creation died. When Jesus Christ, the second Adam, the new Adam, the better Adam, got up from the grave, when he got up from the grave, a a cataclysmic reaction happened that the old creation couldn't be redeemed anymore. We'll talk about that in a second when we talk about the second death. Uh, but, but, but what's interesting is now in Christ, everyone who has his DNA code is resurrected with him because he initiates the movement of everything being resurrected again. Where do I get that from? First Corinthians chapter 15, the Corinthians stopped believing that believers were raised from the grave. He said if believers won't come back and be raised from the grave, he said Christ wouldn't be raised from the grave. And since Christ wasn't raised from the grave, we might as well go eat, drink, and be merry. But he said if you're saying that our resurrection will happen, you're saying that Jesus Christ's resurrection won't happen. Why would you say that our resurrection will happen impacts Jesus' resurrection not happening? Because our resurrection Resurrection is a direct, automatic, cataclysmic result, glorious result, rather, of Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. It's almost like this. When you turn the start a car, the starter responds because it's been a move happening inside the car that impacts the outer inner part of the car. That's the same way the resurrection works. Jesus Christ started the car of new creation, and everybody else had to respond based on that. Now, it happens in phases. These resurrections happen in phases, and this is high theology stuff, so please just stay with me. Every, the, the first level of the resurrection that happens is when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, that's a level one, okay? That's level one resurrection. Level two resurrection is when you die and you're with God. That's level two. Level three resurrection is when your, 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 your immortality puts on mortality. That's old church language, meaning that your new spirit gets a new body. That's the, that's the fullness of the experience of the resurrection, right? That's what's happening in this passage. But there, th- that's, that's good news, but there's some bad news. It said, but, but hold on, but hold on let, me, let me not get too fast. It says, against those who are part of the first resurrection, the second death had no power. That's that's amazing. Now, what's the second death? The second death is the lake of fire. 
The lake of fire is what people call hell, is eternal separation from God. Now, the reason why the second death has no power, this is powerful, double entendre there, is because Jesus Christ had God's wrath poured out on him, his anger towards our sin. When you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, God's wrath is not poured out on you. However, the, so when the second death happens, what's the second death? What's going to happen in the next chapter of Revelation, in Revelation 21? Guess what's going to happen? The Bible says that we saw a new heavens and a new earth. But the question is, how do we see a new heavens and a new earth? Over in 1 Peter, the, 2 Peter, the last chapter, it says that the earth, the heavens and the earth will burn with intense heat. What, 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 what is happening there? In other words, God's wrath is going to be poured out on all of creation. We will be standing there while God's wrath is being poured out on all creation. But when, when, when the lake of fire, people are thrown into the lake of fire, I don't know if it's a splash, but somehow that, that anger towards the, the unredeemed things will be poured out on all creation and God will recreate the new heavens and the new earth. That's the second death. And that means that even if a believer who's in Christ was thrown into the lake of fire, it would have no power over them. Why? Because we no longer have, we, we will have, we will, listen, our bodies will be fireproof. Our new bodies will be fireproof. That's, that's crazy because no longer can God's wrath affect us because Christ has already had God's wrath poured out on him. And because of that, we're brand spanking new people. So it doesn't have any power over them. The second death had no power. And so in light of that, it says, but they will be priests of God and of Christ. And it says, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. I'm trying to let you know, family, that one of the greatest decisions that you can make is to place your confidence in Jesus Christ. I'm trying to tell you that the best decision in life that you can make is place your trust in Jesus Christ. Why? Because death ultimately is coming after you. And death is eternal separation from God. But Jesus did in six hours what it would take an eternity for us in hell to pay for. But guess what? It kind of reminds me of the story of when in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 through 57, Paul says, death, where is your victory? Where death is your sting, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, those who trust Jesus Christ as Savior, death can't sting them anymore. In other words, death can't kill them. In other words, death can't, death can't be a scare tactic in order to make the believer experience any type of fear anymore because Jesus Christ silenced death. But death isn't silenced on everybody's behalf. If you don't know Jesus Christ, death's coming after you. I'm not talking about some dude with, 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 you know, with a long stick and a hook on it and a hood with bone fingers and carrying on. I'm talking about the death ain't all that kind of carrying on. No, I'm talking about death itself is the reality of eternal separation from God. That's death. In other words, it's not having the life you were meant to have eternally put on you. But for the believer, we ain't got to worry. It kind of reminds me of the brother and sister was outside playing and they outside playing. It was a beautiful spring day, and all the flowers were coming out, and it was a beautiful, beautiful day. 
flowers were blooming and all of the bees and wasps and all the things out there were out. And this bee was buzzing by them. And the sister and the brother got really, really scared. And they were like, why? and they got scared, not just because it was a bee, but because both of them, if they got stung by a bee, they would die because they were fully allergic to the bee. And all of a sudden, they, they, all the, they heard all this commotion outside. And so the big brother came outside and said, what's wrong with y'all? He said, it's a bee. He's about to sting us. And, and the bee was buzzing around and it was coming near the brother and sister. And the brother grabs the bee. They said, are you crazy? You grab the, you grab, you know we're allergic. And, and the brother, the bee was buzzing in his hand. And all of a sudden, the brother said, mm. And then he let the bee go. And then all of a sudden, the bee was buzzing around, and the bee landed on the sister and landed on the brother. And they were so scared. He, and, and, the brother, and, and the brother said, calm down. They said, that bee can buzz all at once. Because in my hand is the stinger that could have killed you. The stinger that could have killed you, I took on this thing. So that when the bee comes buzzing by you, you don't have to run from that bee anymore. As a matter of fact, give that bee a few minutes because if you know anything about a bee, once its stinger is out, it's dead. See, Jesus came to die on the cross for your sins. Get up from the grave and he's going to kill death because the Bible says God's going to throw death into the lake of fire and death will even die. So Jesus Christ had the nails put in his hands. Some of you say his wrist, but you don't know from the top of your fingers to your elbow, his hands in Jewish culture. Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross for you. He died and they hung up high and stretched him wide. And he died and threw his head into the locks of his shoulders. It was quiet on Friday. It was quiet on Saturday. But as soon as the sun cracked early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Just for you. Just for me. So today, where you are, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've been in church. That's the scary part. It's possible to be in church all your life and not know Jesus. Listen, where are you? Seated. Seated in your living room. You're seated at work. Wherever you are. Say, God, I want to put my confidence in what Jesus has done for me. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and got up from the grave on my behalf. Lord, save me. Lord, take me from spiritual disconnection to spiritual connection. Is that you today? Why don't you come and place your confidence in Jesus? If you place your confidence in Jesus, we would love for you to email us at admin at epiphanyfellowship.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram or Facebook saying, I was on your live stream. Go to Epiphany Fellowship Instagram, go to Epiphany Fellowship YouTube or go to Epiphany Fellowship, uh, uh, our our, uh, Facebook page. Slip into the DMs, hit us up. Say, I want to hear more about Jesus Christ. Can you have somebody hit me up and walk me through what it means to put my confidence in Jesus Christ? Thank you for watching today, Resurrection Sunday. Happy resurrection to the believers. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for raising yourself from the grave. God the Father, thank you for raising him from the grave and bringing him to be seated at your right hand with all power in his hands. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good Resurrection Sunday. God bless you. See you next week. Lord, say the same. 
Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder of Passive Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.